Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. For those that are new, this is Multifamily Investing Made Simple. It's a podcast that's about taking the complexity out of real estate. So Joe that you Rogan can... just starts. He starts like mid-conversation. You know I, I say we bring that Joe Rogan energy. <laughs> we just start. What's the biggest hurdle in closing deals? And then I got five things written down here. Uh, you might you know, might be coming with some more, but um, I wrote none. Each down. one of these is the biggest hurdle. Yeah, but I mean, there's like a million hurdles in closing a transaction, so yeah. there's no shortage of potentials here. Well, what's your first one? For me, the biggest hurdle, the bank. Mm. The bank is such a big partner on any deal that you're going to do, and depending on the bank that you work with, it can be a very f- smooth transaction. And some banks, it can be an absolute nightmare. But the thing is, like, I always feel a little bit like I'm naked in an alleyway and the bank has, like, a knife to my throat. Where Ooh. I'm, like, I'm just very vulnerable and they have my life in their hands. Mm. And so you want to make sure that you're working with banks that you let you know, like, and trust. But, you know, we've, we, we, we've, we've gotten some paper cuts from a bank in the past and um, that was... Definitely on that deal, thinking about the one that we did last year where a bank pulled out in the 11th hour, very frustrating situation because we'd worked with them in the past, have a good relationship. And I'm like, wait, what? Um, that can, <laughs> and if the bank's not there, the deal doesn't get did. So that's my biggest hurdle. What do you think? I like it. I mean, they're the biggest partner in a deal. Most people are, you know, taking out anywhere from 60 to 75%. I mean, some people go higher, 85 some people take out a lot of debt, but typically the bank is bringing the majority of the capital needed to get, get a deal done. So they're your biggest partner. And if your biggest partner um, isn't necessarily on the same page as you, that could potentially be a pretty big hurdle. So you got to make sure you're, you're teamed up with the right, uh, the right lender. In hindsight, I was wrong. It's not the bank. It's not the appraiser. The biggest hurdle in closing a deal, the seller or the buyer depending on which side of the equation you're on. Yeah, my my take on this was going to be the biggest hurdle in uh, closing a deal is expectations, mm-hmm. which okay. is basically the same thing. Like if the buyers and the sellers are on the same page and really working together to get a deal done, that's amazing. That's been pretty much all of our transactions. There's a lot of people where the buyer, or there's a lot of deals where the buyer and the seller may be, uh, you know, more confrontational and the buyer might be trying to lowball the seller might be trying to hide some skeletons in the closet and that that that's tough because that's i think fairly common mm-hmm. find themselves I, we've been lucky where we've been transacting with people that we know really well and it's it's very much like a, a team sport with them um but yeah the, if there's missed expectations whether it be on on timeline or you know the uh, condition of the property uh, if any of these things change throughout the transaction in the closing process there could be some very uncomfortable conversations being had i just had a realization we've only ever bought buildings from four sellers that's crazy 
But it, they're all old. They're all the old guys, and they all have deep portfolios that we've bought multiple buildings from. Is there uh, only one would count as like not, and that would just probably the Duluth. But am I missing one? Well, the, yeah. I mean, well, I, I guess there's another on one there. that was another, but that one came through the guy. Riverside. That was like yeah. That was like yeah. a relationship through that, but yeah. But at the, yeah. I guess my point being is like we actually haven't worked with very many sellers in the grand scheme of the universe because we just keep doing well, a lot of transactions with the same people over and over. Yeah, in our area, there's only a handful of <clears throat> there's only a handful of owners that own the majority of everything. Yep. So like, and and I we know those great. guys. That's who we're buying from. If you could just keep transacting yeah. with the same people, it's you know you have no kind of we've typically no drama. We've only ever had really good relationships with sellers at closing. Honestly, I think we've been really lucky. We've had a couple of negotiations with sellers that thankfully never went to contract because if they had, you know, the one I'm talking about, we did an episode on this where we <laughs> talked about how we got into a fist fight with a potential seller. Go listen to that Zoom, episode. It was a zoom, a zoom fist fight. Like, but I mean, it was, it was tense. Um, I thought it was hilarious. And you got to imagine that if it's <laughs> tense then, and like during the negotiation period, it's going to be so tense as you're going oh to close. My God. Yeah. Closing is already hard enough without like a contentious relationship with a seller. Yeah, you, you don't want to be there. I've heard a lot of stories about them. I personally haven't really had any of those experiences. There was, yeah, there was, there was one less than ideal transaction that that the seller was just weird. I would say it wasn't really contentious. It was just dealing with a weird person. Yeah, which is definitely a thing that can happen. Okay, so you know what? In hindsight, because we've only ever had really good relationships with sellers. Um, that actually isn't the biggest hurdle to closing a deal, but what is unforeseen capex mm. skeletons in the closet yeah. that nobody knew about necessarily, not yeah. even the seller. Like they just didn't realize that they had a ticking time bomb in their, in their plumbing mm. that can blow up a deal this instantly. Is a, this is a real thing. I mean, you can go through and do your due diligence, uh, with your inspector and look at all the things. But one thing you can't do is you can't open up the walls. Okay. So you could see the roof, you can see the electrical, you get a pretty good idea about the plumbing, but it is not uncommon to have a leak in a bathroom, open up a wall, and find a nightmare. Yeah. It happens. And it's not on either side. It's not like the seller was trying to hide it. And then, and it's hard because your underwriting could have been perfectly accurate up to that point and the purchase price, so it goes back to the expectation. But now, now you're in this weird situation where it's like, okay, who gives ground? You, the seller, in the situation that nobody really saw, the seller's going to have to fix it at some point, so maybe they give some kind of concession, but... Like that can really blow up a deal almost overnight. Even if you have a really good relationship with the seller, you might get to a point where you're like, yeah, we can't justify going into this. So I feel like we might have missed one of the biggest yeah. hurdles. I, I saved my last, my biggest for my last. Is it word of five? That's my last one. Yeah. 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 The biggest hurdle closing deals, getting the capital. Gotta get the money. I get that this, money. This stuff isn't cheap. And this, this is, in all fairness, like this probably is the biggest obstacle to closing a deal. Well, yeah. Because when you're first starting out, you probably don't have a lot of capital to work with. You know, for me on my first deal, I ended up putting $7,500 into it. So that wasn't a very high hurdle at all, but the, still the, the trade-off was I had to live in the building. Yeah. But I mean, like what was your, well, that was probably the majority of like your liquid net worth. Like you're probably putting in a decent amount. Oh, my liquid. Yeah. I only had, I, I had $20,000. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we got 13,000 put in reserve for Whatever, I hope nothing goes wrong. So yeah, seventy five hundred doesn't <laughs> so, sound big, but it's when it's almost half of your liquid capital. That's that's still you know it's meaningful. It's anxiety, anxiety yeah. right there. And and this is I think this is what keeps so many people on the sidelines because 100%. they like getting into that first deal is the hardest one. It gets easier after that because now you have equity, you have cash flow, and you have things you can leverage. In the beginning, you have no lever. 
So getting that initial money can be very, very hard. And even as you grow, you know, like where we're at right now, like this year we'll have raised around $15 million. That's not easy. Even with our network, even with our relationships and our contacts, like that's still really hard work. Yeah. If you're going to keep scaling up and getting bigger and doing bigger deals, that's always probably going to be the, um, the biggest hurdle for you. There's probably one more hurdle. You got another one? That was all I got, literally. What, what other hurdle? Knowledge. I just want to throw one Ty Lopez reference that we don't need to hit on. I don't think that's a there's hurdle a I'm going to allow. Yeah, there's a, a book, book if that. you want to learn how to passive invest. It's 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 great. Um, I'm not going to allow that to be a hurdle because that's only a hurdle. Uh, YouTube. How, that's that's like a speed bump. <laughs> that's all it is. It's a speed bump. There's so much don't information. Come at, don't, don't you come at me telling me you can't get over the speed bump. You can get over the speed bump. <laughs> if you can get if you can't get over the speed bump, how did you even get here? If you're still here listening to this, should like, we skip the outros? Too if, if you're still here with me, like abruptly? just understand this is how the episodes always end um, <laughs> awkwardly and <laughs> abruptly. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.